I know you just see me. I'm going to bring Eric on in just a second over here. And today we'll actually get, he'll actually get to see us. But uh, apologies, as usual, every time there's an update, um, things go crazy. And I turned on Zoom and True to Nature updated. And I had to adjust a bunch of settings and prayerfully. It's all good. It is beautiful to see everybody today. Um, again, I know this is, I'm repeating myself, but happy new year. Happy new year to everybody. Um, Eric is our first, you know what? Let me just bring him on. Eric, dude, what is up, brother? <laughs> what is going on? You are the first guest of 2023. This is great. Is it 2023 already? Yeah, it is. It sure hmm. is. You know, I'm always saying, why do I, every time you come on, I look like I've been, you know, uh, I've looked like I've been out of the sun forever. You look all nice and tan. You know, and... I almost said that a minute ago when we were getting set up. So, man, the, I'm sorry. The lighting, uh, Eric has terrible lighting. Who lives in California <laughs> and who lives in Washington of all places where it's, you know, the rainiest place on earth? Yeah, exactly. So it's almost like the roles reverse. But seriously, I the only thing I could attribute it to is my two lights and you guys can see them right there in my glasses these two little spotlights they make me look like <laughs> i've been living um front in seclusion forever and i've never seen sunlight but anyways it is good to see everybody uh welcome 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 uh brandy what's up brandy hello tell our lovely brother tim that we say what is going on it is good again to see everybody we got our lovely moderators, Ruthie and Bima Seat Jacqueline, are in the house. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you guys can give them a lovely thumbs up, that would be wonderful. Okay, hey, listen, real quick. I thought I would never actually get to this point, but I'm at a point now where I need to ask you guys to subscribe, share, and like this because as the more I'm doing some research on this ridiculous YouTube algorithm. That's the way that YouTube works. The way that they get these um, these videos in front of other people, they rank them by likes, they rank them by uh, what they call community engagement, which we have plenty of. So unfortunately, I've, I'm at a place now where I am relegated to asking you guys to subscribe, like, and Oh, man, this is hard. Hit that notification bell. I never thought I would ever say that, but it is what it is. The YouTube algorithm, that's the way it works. There's no way around it. And unfortunately, um, yeah, that's it. So with that said, there's some housekeeping we got to get. You cool? I know you, you, you're sitting there and behaving yourself so nice, Eric. This is great. Do I not ever do that? <laughs> Anything different? I mean, this is what I do, so... I feel bad because I'm sitting here talking and you're, you know, you're sitting there. I, I like your plaid, by the way. I Thank do. You. That's a nice flannel. I like flannels, but uh, yeah, I, I dig it. I dig it. That's very cool. If Amazon paid me, I'd tell you where I got it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of these days, maybe I'll have a Serpents and Doves plaid out. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. 
It, it all depends. Okay, everybody, you know, you, you guys know I love to hear where you're from. I think some of you guys already did that because you know me. You just are thinking ahead. And uh, just tell me. I know Yada Yada's in the house from the Netherlands, which is great. I love it. Uh, who else? Who else we got? We got. I love knowing who we got in the house. So um, please tell me. Is Cece in the house? I know she's from South Africa. Um, I'm looking to see where else. Anyways, I'll just kind of hang tight here for a bit. Uh, we got a, we got part two going on. I changed the thumbnail. I thought the thumbnail needed some love, and I changed the thumbnail. I got to do that on the website, so I don't know if you got a chance to see it. No, I didn't see what you did. If it's new, okay, yeah, it's it's new. It's yeah, new. I've been on there like three four days ago, and that was it. Well, just Vicky said that love the flannel. So your your flannel's popular mm. here in Ohio. We got Ohio in the house, Washington. We it's got hotter to the lights. I can tell you that much. And these lights are pretty cool. Yeah, th these are LED lights, so they don't heat up too bad. But it does yeah. get toasty in here. And maybe I should have thought twice about wearing a uh, a hoodie, but it's okay. So we got. Let's see. Uh, Jay Smith, South Africa. We got Ontario, Canada. Mar J. Okay, am I saying your name right? Is it Mar Margay or Mar J? It's M A R G A Y. How would you pronounce that? Yeah. Okay, I'll you, take that. Are as you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. <laughs> <laughs> I I was just listening to say, is, is my dog barking too loud? <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. This is the no, kind of relationship it we have. It wasn't you. Okay, so we got, let's see, Mi Michigan. Keith we were uh, is in the house from Michigan. Truth Watch, Louisiana. Uh, C. Long from Oklahoma. We got, of course, we got Lowly Man. What's up, Kevizy? What's going on, brother? Um, let me see. Who else? We got Cleveland, uh, Northern California. So we got Cali in the house. This is great. We got from all over Arizona. We've got, uh, where else? Oregon, Illinois. This is good. So we got lots of people in the house. We got my lovely dog, Sparky, barking in the background. So I don't know if you guys can hear Sparky, Barky. Yeah, I got Sparky's match up here, but I yeah. think she's far enough away. Well, sometimes. She's, um, she doesn't bark a lot, but she talks because she's, she's uh, part Alaskan Husky. Uh, she's a beautiful. Is that wait? What's her name? Um, uh, Oakley. 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 Yeah, yes. we call her Pookie. Yes. Uh, I don't know how she got some of the names that we give her. But, yeah. <laughs> well, listen, folks, we really have a good one for you today. Part two. We're going to be covering again the kingdom of. Well, this is, and I'm saying that because look at the book that I have, and I reference this a lot. This is a great right. book, by the way. Highly recommend this book, Kingdom of the Cults. Um, we're going to be looking at the cult of Mormonism again. So this is part two. But before we do that, let me just really, really quick, Eric, if that's okay with you, I'm going to jump in and do the housekeeping. As always, folks, the Serpents and Dove site, uh, the web address is down in the description below. Yes, I have to change that thumbnail on the website too, so it reflects the new one. Um, so all the material is here. Uh, also, Eric and I are going to be starting a, uh, a podcast together called the Odd Mix Podcast. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put them here on the website as well. So you guys will have access to that. And I will link to Eric's site as well. So we'll have all the offhand stuff here on Serpents and Doves. 
as well as the Odd Mix podcast. But Eric and I are only going to be on Rumble for that podcast. And um, so you guys are going to have to go on over there or you're going to have to come over here after the fact to check it out. This is the site. Please share it with as many people as you possibly can. If you like the the material, if you like the content of what you see, it's blessing you, and uh, you might feel led by the Lord to help support the ministry and um, come alongside us, you could do that right there. You hit the donate button, and um, it's pretty self-explanatory or shop. I've already mentioned last time that I'm going to be doing pre-orders on some new stuff, which is cool. I'm excited about. Anyways, moving on. And then we've got Eric, your site here. You are working on a new website correct? That's right. Yeah. So Eric's working on a really a, a, a good site. I noticed your, your store is down, but it will be up in the new, in the, uh, the new website. I'm looking forward to seeing that too. Um, again, folks, but you could still go to this website. As I always say, it is chock full of amazing resources, especially this right here where it says, look for some looking for something all of Eric's um, material and uh, the content and resources, they are all housed right here. You click on one of these, case in point. You want to know more about the Colts? Click on the Colts. It will open up this, uh, this page, and it has a bunch of links, and each one is categorized. So, for example, here you have Mormonism, and then all of the material on Mormonism. Here you have the J-dubs, the Jehovah's Witnesses. And the material um, Eric has there, Freemasonry, Universalism, Seventh-day Adventists. So they're all here, and I highly recommend that you guys go and check this stuff out because we're not going to be able to cover everything, but we're going to try our best to be thorough about um, as much of this as we possibly can. I think a I lot got... of those a lot of those articles, by the way, <clears throat> are somebody else that I think is worth their salt. So I mean, usually they're friends or people that I'm in some sort of fellowship with, but uh, a lot of it's mine, but a lot of it is others. So we can make sure we get the most information out to people. Very, very cool. So listen, I say we get cracking. Please don't forget to keep um, our lovely moderator, Carly, and her daughter in prayer. Um, that would be wonderful as, uh, you know, her daughter is um, just dealing with some health issues. Please remember to lift them up before God Almighty our Jehovah Rapha healer, okay? So, and and also, I want to encourage everybody. I did forget to do this, so please forgive me, Eric. I'm going to jump in one more time. Listen, folks, we started a group chat. It's called the Offhand Podcast Group Chat. I refer to it as the Fellowship Hall. There are over 140 members on that. It's on Telegram, and it is an amazing place. I go there all the time to read the conversations and to see the amazing fellowship that all you guys are having in there. I mean, I want to encourage you guys to go there, fellowship, ask for prayer. Um, even if you just want to talk, it is a wonderful, wonderful place. I put the link in the description below. If you just go in the YouTube description below, and if you're watching this on Rumble, it will also be in the description below. The link for the Telegram offhand podcast group chat. Again, I refer to it as the Fellowship Hall. So I want as many people over there because it is a wonderful place to just have 24-7 conversation. I think there are people on that 24-7. So I want to highly encourage you guys, the body of Christ, to get on over there. It's another tool where we could just come together, fellowship, uh, encourage one another, 
share Bible verses, whatever the Lord's laid on somebody's heart, you can encourage somebody else with that. So please, by all means, do that. It is great. So um, anyways, with that, let's get let's get crack a lacking, shall we? What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting on you, man. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. You're, you've been so patient. This is really bothering me, this whole uh, white look compared to you and Washington tan look. Man. Uh, well, I think my white balance might be slightly out, but not that far. Yeah, I, I know <laughs> mine is because I have these lights blown out. But anyways, I know you're waiting on me, but let's get started. So where did we leave off last time? I know we talked about Joseph Smith. I know you you talked uh, a bit about the history of Joseph Smith, but where exactly did we leave off? Because I want to springboard off of that. Well, we, we didn't get as much. Uh, I mean, we just barely talked about that. But um, the big question I mean, it's the name of my, my video on this, Are Mormons Christians? And we ask that question, look at it theologically, uh, look at it experientially, and uh, just let, let the facts be what they are. But there's uh, a lot about Joseph Smith that we need to talk about, because without him, there is no Mormonism, at least not as we know it. There might be some other religion that looks like it, but um, it, uh, it's important that we understand what he was what he was doing, what yeah. he did. And so it's not conjecture. We're not just back here throwing rocks out of the out of the darkness. Yeah. Okay, the, but facts and documentation. But but answer the question. Let's just do it right now. Are Mormons Christians? And the answer is no. Okay, perfect. Uh, they they do believe in a Jesus. And let me qualify that by saying many of the cults and many world religions like Islam, Islam has a view of Jesus. Yep. Uh, we compared um, uh, Mormonism and Islam doctrine last week, and there are a lot of similarities to it, by the way. Yeah. Joseph Smith said that uh, Mormonism would be the American Islam. That was one of his statements. But uh, just because somebody can spell the word Jesus or say the word Jesus doesn't mean they believe in the Jesus of the Scriptures. And if you want to uh, cross-reference that very strong passage, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verses 3 and 4, if anyone comes and preaches a different gospel, a different Jesus with a different spirit, yep. he chides the Corinthians saying that you would put up with it. In other words, you would accept it because you don't know any better. Right. But uh, we know better. We have the scripture. We have the Bible. And uh, we're able to go and look at it and test all things by the scriptures. And that's what we've got to do. So this isn't a test to see whether the Mormons are nice people. Uh, to see whether, uh, for example, I, I've never met a Mormon I didn't like, and I've had a relationship with a couple of Mormons. Uh, one summer, several years ago, we had two missionaries in our in our uh, neighborhood all summer long, and I got to be friends with them, called them by name, yeah. saw them in the store, talked to them. These are really nice kids. It has nothing to do with how nice we think somebody is. But uh, you can be very nice and still very deceived and help to spread a religion that is deceptive, that, that costs people eternity. And yeah. that is the bottom line. And so what we do is we test everything by the Word of God. And if the Jesus being preached in Mormonism is not the Jesus of the Bible, then we reject it, or any religion for that matter. The problem with Mormonism, one of the biggest problems is they believe the Book of Mormon is more perfect than the Bible. So they use the Book of Mormon and they use Pearl of Great Price and Doctrine yeah. and Covenants, the three books, the triune uh, false teachings of Mormonism. They use those books to test whether the Bible should be uh, received or not. 
they believe the Bible is the fourth most important book in their in their teaching, and it would turn out that yes, in their teaching it is. But for you and I as Christians, we understand that it would be crazy for an anthropologist or archaeologist to to take the newest revelation or the newest object and test all the older things by it. You test the new objects by the old one instead of the other way around. That's right. Yeah. And um, um, that's that's where Mormonism gets it wrong. And so we're uh, we're not shooting at them from that angle. It's not this is not a hate campaign against people. And people misconstrue that. We get all defensive because somebody's talking about our religion. I know I get defensive if somebody is is talking uh, about Jesus in a negative way. So uh, that's different. That's a whole different thing than if I just get defensive for defending my doctrines. So yeah. if you're if you happen to have stumbled on this at some point, whether it's live or whether you've uh, seeing whether you're seeing the uh, MP4 file, I would just say if you if you have any doubts about Mormonism then be open-minded at least to the place where you would find out what the truth is and find out why Christians are saying what we're saying. It's not because we're bad people. Yeah. It's not because we're full of hate or trying to prove how right we are. I'm over that so long ago. I don't want to know how right I am. I want to know how right God is Amen. and then try yeah. to align my life with him. And it should be the same with Mormons. And Mormons are very sincere and some of them very devout. But uh, you can be sincerely wrong, yeah, and absolutely. you can lose your soul for all eternity in that process, too. Yeah. So that's the bottom line. That's how we do this. Listen, I do want to touch on the series called The Chosen. Uh, before we get moving, I don't know if you had a chance to do any any poking and prodding and research on The Chosen, but I would caution people away from The Chosen, okay? Um, because there is... so. There are some that believe that there's some Mormonism within nested within the chosen. Um, in the research that I've done, at least in season three, the only thing I found is that there might be a a small quote from the Book of Mormon, I believe, um, that Jesus quotes. And I read it, and yes, it sounds like it, but it's really loosely paraphrased if that's the case, okay? It's loosely paraphrased. However— Jesus how... never quotes the Book of Mormon. Let yeah, yeah, no, no, totally. So I, people will I agree. Understand. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Now, yeah. um, more than anything, the where, where we get this tie with the Chosen and Mormonism is that the two guys that are the, the distributors of the film and the studios that are running this film— um, I, I believe yeah. they're called Angel Light Studios. It used to be Vid Angel. These two guys are Mormons. They started this company called Vid Angel, and Vid Angel is a type of. Uh, it's either an app now or a device you could get, and you would watch movies through that, and it would filter out profanity, right? Or it would filter out uh, sex. It would filter out cussing. It would filter out a bunch of stuff. Which okay, that. You know, that might seem all fine and dandy, but they grew that and turned it into a studio. And it is that studio that is housing the series The Chosen. And Dallas Jenkins is really, really good friends with these guys. Now, let's talk a bit just really quick about Dallas Jenkins and what he believes the God of Mormonism and the God of uh, Christianity. He believes that they we worship the same God. That is a huge, huge problem right there. Yeah. So 
if you're going to be, you know right off the bat, okay, folks, if you know right off the bat that um, the guy believes that the Mormon Jesus and that the Christian Jesus are one and the same, then why would you watch a series where there is a massive possibility where they can um, they can meld both of these two, you know, uh, conflate both of these two into one, you know, so you're getting a bit of Mormon theology mixed in with a lot of Christian theology. It's all, go ahead. And, and if you don't know your Bible, then all of a sudden you'll go, yeah, that sounds right. Because some yep. of the things that come out of the Book of Mormon do sound right. But again, if you don't know what to look for and you don't know what Mormonism believes, yeah, it's so easy to get caught up in something because you like it, it's entertaining, and there's a problem when you when you're being entertained, your your um, your sensors are down, so to speak. Yeah. In some cases, at least a lot of us, we we don't uh, we don't see things the same way if something's entertaining to us. Yep. We need to be testing entertainment by the Word of God too, and that's a whole different story. That's something else. Something I'm uh, I've been dealing with all these years in in our ministry. The stuff I talk about, besides the cults. Yeah. Uh, you need to test everything. Yeah, uh, the scripture says that First Thessalonians five verses twenty one and twenty two. Test all things, hold on to that which is good, avoid every kind of evil. That is kind of a barometer point for us to yep. understand that. Yeah. And, and by the way, if you have a, a Christian, especially one whose father is as well known as Dallas Jenkins, uh, Jerry Jenkins wrote books with uh, with Tim LaHaye, and you know that name. Um, somebody that maybe has a stake in this or maybe a reason because he likes the people and he sees no problem uh, with Mormonism or sees no problem with the chosen doesn't see the Mormonism in it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it gets to be a mess. And I believe that the whole idea of promoting this uh, we'll find out in the end was the wrong thing. And I've seen this kind of thing happen before. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but nearly the same kind of thing has uh, taken place once before where a uh, Mormon company was pro uh, was producing something, and then we look at it and go, wait a second, uh, this is more Roman Catholicism than it is anything, and then there's Mormon doctrine attached to it too. Yeah. So let's uh, let's be let's be Bereans. Let's be fruitful and look and see and test and approve. And that's not being too narrow. That's I want to be as narrow as the Bible says I should be. Yep. Uh, but we we want to test everything and hold on to that which is good. Just not accept it because somebody claimed it was Christian or somebody said it was Christian or somebody can spell Jesus. Uh, we do the same thing with Christian music uh, artists all the time too. Yep. By the way, there's no such thing as Christian music. A Christian can't get <laughs> music can't get saved. So you know it's it's music that's produced by Christians and uh, yes. Uh, the lyrics and lifestyle have to match the scripture or we shouldn't be involved in supporting it. That's and it's right. the same kind of thing. Yeah. Listen, um, I have, as you've been noticing, I'm kind of looking off the screen now because I have a, a bunch of articles as I was doing some uh, some research on The Chosen as well, because I've never been a fan from the get-go, yet I've noticed that a lot of the people, a lot of Christians within the church are touting this to be one of the best things ever. I would caution you away from that. It was very similar to uh, when a book came out called The Shack. I don't know if you guys remember. You remember <laughs> that book, right? It was by a guy. I, I did a long teaching about it. I yeah. went to see the author of The Shack three times in 24 hours, heard him speak three times in 24 hours, yeah. confronted him personally, talked to him personally. Yeah. And I can tell you what a nightmare that uh, that particular book was that, that makes uh, large, rotund 
dark-skinned woman into God. Uh, there are all kinds of problems, but that's only one of them. Yeah. So listen, folks, I'm going to read a couple of quotes. I really want to solidify this in your mind, okay? There, uh, there's there's um, one thing that I want us to understand is that when there's movies, especially when there's historical events happening, usually what studios do is studios will hire what um, what are called um, consultants, right? So they're historical consultants. What yeah. I find interesting is that, for example, on The Chosen, uh, we have um, three different kinds of historical consultants, which to me should raise a red flag right off of the bat, okay? One of the consultants that uh, they have is a Roman Catholic priest. Uh, the second consultant that they have um, is a Messianic Jewish rabbi, which is fine. I mean, I don't know who the guy's name is, uh, but he's a Messianic Jew. And then the third guy is an evangelical New Testament scholar uh, by the name of Dr. Doug Huffman. He is, I believe, a professor at Talbot Theological Seminary. And you guys can go, again, don't take Eric's word for it, don't take my word for it, be a Berean, go do your own research yeah. on this series, but I, I believe that uh, when you have when you have guys and and he wrote Dr. Doug um, Huffman wrote a response uh, to the question if the chosen you know is the chosen produced by Mormons and he wrote a response to it. But in the response, there's nothing that he says that is negative about the chosen. And so again, to me, that raises the red flag because we know that unfortunately our seminaries are full of a lot of woke professors. Okay. Um, and so when you have, I'm going to read you guys some quotes uh, by Dallas Jenkins himself, because I don't want to put words in the dude's mouth. I want to tell I, you, can, can yeah. I comment? Yeah, please do. By all means. Uh, all I would say is if we had somebody that who their major field was apologetics and they did comparative religion and looked at the two religions and then were able to put that same test onto the chosen, then I, then I start listening. Yeah. But uh, just because somebody is from a theological seminary, um, I, I won't say it is true in every case, but so many times it's actually a theological cemetery. Yeah. And yep. that's what's happened to us, even in evangelical circles. So when the word evangelical is used, that used to be a term that if you look for that, you go, well, it must be okay because they're evangelical publishers. And then you find out that the publisher is publishing stuff on, you know, that is pro-Mormon or yep. is pro-other uh, religions or pro-Islam. I've seen these things take place over the last 20 yep. years. You've got to do your own homework. I can't express that in strong enough terms. And I know you feel the same way, Pablo. Yeah. Every listener here, you've got to do your own homework, test it by the scripture, uh, get some, uh, you don't have to become a, a scholar in apologetics, but understand how to do that. Yeah. And that is simply by using the scripture in context to test and see if what you're hearing, seeing, listening to, whatever it might be, is accurate according to the word of God. If it's not, then is it on a major theological issue? I think it's pretty, pretty major considering that Mormonism uh, obviously, yeah. well, it's not obviously everybody, but Mormonism has a different Jesus with a different gospel and a different spirit. It is exactly what Paul warns against in yeah. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, which is the keystone scripture here to, for us to talk about today. Yeah, absolutely. And so we're going to get into 
Like I said, this is going to be an ongoing series because there's just way too much information for us to squeeze into one or two podcasts. And we want to give you guys as much ammunition. And when I say ammunition, I mean, we want to give you guys as much information, both biblically and obviously extra biblical. When I say that, I mean, for example, this resource that we're going to be talking quite a bit about, which is Dr. Walter Martin's Kingdom of the Cults. That is an amazing resource, okay? Um, obviously, when I say extra-biblical, that does not take the place of Scripture. Scripture is the ultimate authority. What uh, Dr. Walter Martin did in his research here is he takes uh, a cult and he shines it through the lens of Scripture, okay? Always shining things through the lens of Scripture, because Scripture is always the ultimate authority and the ultimate truth. And if things don't line up with the Bible, well, then you can just toss that out the window, okay? But let me go ahead and quote to you guys verbatim. These are Dallas Jenkins' words. This is exactly what he says. He says, um, uh, not because there aren't LDS, Latter-day Saints, Mormons, not because there aren't LDS folks who aren't Christians, and not because there aren't LDS, and evangelicals who love the same Jesus. But because it would be wrong of me to ever say that any one group believes any one thing altogether. That is just a level of arrogance I don't have. I will be the first one to say I am going to be arrogant when I say that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father, but by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, period. The first thing a Mormon would say, the first thing they would say is, but we, the name Jesus Christ is in the name of our church. What do you mean we're not Christians? I, I've, I've talked to, I don't know how many times I've heard that from the mouth of, of a Mormon or Mormon missionary. Uh, I've, I've got to the place where unless I have to go somewhere or I'm doing 70 miles an hour on the freeway and I happen to see them, I want to pull over and talk to them yeah. and ask, uh, hey, what do you guys believe about this or that? And I try to get into a conversation and then ask them if they've looked at what the Bible says about these things. Many of them will say something that's, that sounds like an answer but or sounds like they have understanding. But, you know, if you understand what goes on in Mormon missionary school, you understand that the, the Bible is not heralded there. Yep. It is how to defend the Book of Mormon especially the Book of Mormon, let alone their other documents, uh, against the attacks from the world. And, of course, they, they say, oh, we're just being persecuted from the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, when when Joseph Smith was coming westward from New York, when he got to Ohio, uh, they, he claimed he was being persecuted. Well, the reason he had to run from Ohio, he was tarred and feathered for taking the finances of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there's, there's a lot to be said about the lifestyle of Joseph Smith. And, of course, right to the very end, they would say he was, he was being persecuted. That's when he got shot in the jail in, in uh, Missouri, shot and killed, he and his brother both. And so you you began to go, okay, there's something going on here. Let's look at this, uh, not only just logically, but also biblically to see if what he's saying matches up. Yeah. The Mormon Jesus is not the Jesus of the Bible. Amen. And uh, I'll stand on that day and night, not because I don't like Mormons, not because I'm, I'm against something. It's because I'm for what the truth is. And That's the truth right. is only coming from the Bible, not from the Book of Mormon. Although not every word of the Book of Mormon is wrong or evil, uh, you better be able to put it to the test or you're going to be in trouble at some point, whether it's 
Mormonism, Jehovah's Witnesses, the mind sciences, yeah. the New Age movement, maybe even into the world of the occult. You've got to be able to test. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. If what we're saying is construed as arrogance, well, then by all means, then arrogance it is. Count me but, in. Yeah, count me in. But at the, at the same time, what I think we're trying to tell you is there is a big, big danger. And here's the danger of these cults, is that they sprinkle truth into a lot of the lies. And when yeah. you batch that in together, you could, hey, listen, I know this is going to sound disgusting, but this is a Pabloism, okay? <laughs> you guys need to understand. I know Eric is bracing himself here. Eric is totally <laughs> bracing himself because he has I, no. I'm going to go check on my dog. I'll be back. <laughs> Eric has zero clue what I'm about to say. But listen, folks, this is tantamount to this. And I know this Hang on, might. I, I got to pray. pray. <laughs> you got to get on your knees and pray. Go listen, <laughs> you can make the most delicious batch of brownies. I mean, you could be the best baker of brownies in the world. But if you take cow manure, and even a small amount of cow manure, and you bake it into the batch of brownies, it, they can taste good, but at the end of the day, they're polluted with cow manure. Do you guys you know. understand what I'm trying to say here? I could give you guys, if somebody's thirsty, I could take a water bottle, open it up, and just put one drop of some type of uh, uh, chemical in there, whatever it may be, that pollutes the water, whether it's one or two drops. And I can say, here you go. If you knew that I was doing that, and obviously you're in your right mind, you would go, no way, I don't want to drink that. But it's only two drops. It's okay. No, no big deal. No way on earth am I going to drink that. Well, this is really the same thing that we're talking about here. And that, folks, is the danger of all of these cults. That's how Satan works. The job and the work of deception. Here, here is the tall tale sign when you're being deceived. You just don't know you're being deceived. Henceforth, the word deception. But let me, uh, before, we, and I know this kind of, we, we rabbit no, no, trailed this is, here. This is important stuff, man, because if we don't buttress ourselves against error, then error will become a part of our thinking. Yeah. If I give you, like you said, the bottle of water, I give you a bottle of water and say, you know, uh, there's only one drop of arsenic in here. Yeah, exactly. You keep doing that. And after a while, it won't matter anymore because you've already gone over the edge. Yep. A little bit, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, it gets gets worse. Yeah. And, and you know, look, I'll admit, this is not something, we're not going to be liked for what we're saying now. Oh, That's well. not important to me. Yeah, it's not important what to me. You know, I want to be able to stand before God and say, I did all I could right. to direct people toward you through your word not with some sloppy ideas that kind of might be okay. Uh, you want to go full force with what the truth is in God's word. Yeah. And sometimes that means there has to be division. We have to divide away. We have to be separate from. And uh, by that, I mean, look, you know, I realize that the only way a Mormon is going to find Christ is through having some sort of relationship with us. That's not the only way, but I'll say sure. that's that one of the main ways. And so have a relationship with them is fine, but know what you believe before Absolutely. you get in it. Yeah, you bet. Now, listen, I want to read something. This article is what I would call a neutral article in regards to um, their their hopes of trying to explain from a Christian perspective the the chosen. I don't necessarily agree with this because they're not taking a stance, okay? But at the end of the day, let me read this to you, and then I'll let you guys... Um, formulate your own conclusions, but um, from an artist's perspective, 
let me just read this first. As with all storytelling based on historical events, some artistic, now they put there some, some artistic license is evident. In retelling the gospel accounts, the writers have inserted or modified, keyword there, modified, some characters, storylines, and details of the inspired original. Right there, right off the bat, we know that there is something immensely wrong when they're taking artistic license in order to modify not just the characters, but the storylines, okay, and the details, as this article says, which are inspired by the original. The original what? Right here, the original Word of God, okay? Revelation is crystal clear of what we're not to do with the Word of God. Not one jot, not one tittle. Let me continue. The changes are respectful and designed to give each episode a feeling of being grounded in real life. Of course, and get this, this was this blew my mind. This is how much artistic uh, liberty they're giving themselves. Of course, no one knows for sure that Matthew was one was on the Asperger's autism spectrum, but that is how he is depicted in the series The Chosen. Really? Really? So where do you stop? Uh, that's why it's really, really, that's why we're in the, obviously, more reasons than one, the artistic moral morass that we're in, because in the name of art, under the guise of art, I can do whatever I want, because at the end of the day, I'm just expressing myself through art. Listen, when it comes to the Word of God and when it comes to the truth of the Word of God, there is no artistic license where anyone can change anything. And again, the Lord is crystal clear of what He does to people's names in the book uh, in the book uh, of life. So go ahead. I know you have something uh, to add there. Even you know, even if it's uh, for artistic expression to make it palatable for radio, television, mo motion pictures, the internet, whatever it might be. Uh, even fantasy should be put through the same kind of test. And now by fantasy, I mean something that is a novel made up from scratch. Um, I'm thinking of the shack when I talk about yeah. this, because I've talked about this and just said, look, it's just simple. Where does the Bible say we're to test something like the shack any differently than we do real life? Yeah. We test it all the same. We test what the what is before us, whatever the subject is, by the word of God. Yep. And uh, I said that to the author of The Shack, and he said, that's just way too narrow. And I said, no, it's just what the Bible says. And he knows that. Paul uh, Paul Young knows that, the fellow who wrote The Shack. He understands that, but uh, he's decided that because the thing made, first of all, made him millions and millions of dollars, of course. that it's hard, it's hard to turn it down when you're doing that. You know, it's hard to say anything bad about it, but uh, he he knows enough to know that you you have to understand what the scripture says and follow it. Instead, he went way far afield from the scripture in that, and it sounds to me like the same kind of thing is going on in the chosen. So I, I wouldn't, I would not take uh, as gospel what's being said by people who are consultants or who are yep. giving reviews, because if it if it's a softball review, there's a reason for it. Yeah. If it's a, if it's saying what the truth is, and, and let's be on, let's just say, look, they could change. They could decide that they're going to follow what the Bible says. Yeah. But until they do that, uh, this is the response we've got to have. Not for me, not for my mind. What I go, what goes in my eye gate and my ear gate stays there, and I'm going to protect what goes in 
to the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to uphold what the Bible says as opposed to what the chosen say or the shack says yeah. or anything else. If it's fantasy versus reality, it's all tested the exact same way. I agree 100%. It's really really important what we allow in our, our homes. Now, we're not talking just about any movie. We're not talking about just any yeah. series. This is a series on the life of Jesus and on the life of the apostles. And so it's really, really important here that there is accuracy. And some folks may say, oh, but it's so relatable. Hey, look, at the end of the day, you could read Scripture, Book of Matthew. You read the Gospels, the Book of Matthew, the Book of Mark, the Book of Luke, the Book of John. Yeah. You want to relate, read those. You want to relate to the struggles that Paul had and the persecution. <laughs> read the Book of Acts. Yeah. I mean, read the the, the Pauline epistles, the, the Scripture. I mean... Look, we're going on the solos that we're doing together. I'm I'm going through the book of Judges. And if we can't relate to the book of Judges, well, you know what? Then I find there's issue there because the entire Bible the Lord gave it. Yeah, you've heard it's God's love letter to us, but at the same time, we could see our sinful nature all throughout scripture and God's grace and mercy all throughout scripture. So Real quick, another thing that I wanted to share is this article goes on to say, and I disagree, but I want to read this to you guys, because this is the mentality. There's nothing wrong with portraying Matthew as having a disorder. Really? You don't know that, so now it's just you're making stuff up. It's a plausible detail and a part of, what, again, artistic license. So again, folks... You guys got to remember, think about what, what they're saying here. Under the guise of artistic license, you can pretty much do whatever you want, and that's totally acceptable. No, it's not. It continues on, and it says, Since no one is claiming that the show is God's word, wow, really? Or that it is on par with the Bible. Okay, pause right there. If you're watching a show... That's supposed to be about the life of Christ and the life of the disciples. Shouldn't it be exactly 100% on par with Scripture? Because at the end of the day, isn't this the script right here? So listen, we can continue this all day long, but to encourage you guys, if you guys want to know, well, is there a series that we could actually watch? Yes, I own them. They're great. I highly recommend them. They came out starting in 2016. It was called the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, and the Gospel of Luke, I believe. Right there, yeah. This is a word-for-word Bible account of the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. You guys want to watch an amazingly well-done series on the life of Christ and the entire book. It's long because it's word for word. Watch these. You guys can go buy those. It's amazing. So there is plenty of material out there for us to watch something without being deceived. You Go ahead, Eric. Pablo, what uh, part of the problem is that historical novels that take history and then the artist or the writer has license to add to and weave stories into the historical account those have become very popular. And I, I enjoy reading some of that stuff myself. But um, when I when I see that license is being taken with the Son of God and with his words and with the disciples who all gave their lives for Christ, the only one that uh, that didn't give their life in a martyr way was 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 John, John and his time on Patmos was not a vacation. Yep. So 
you know, I, I just have to be careful here to say historical uh, novels cannot be a part of my thinking when it comes to the scripture. We can't play, play fast and loose with it. Yeah, I'm very, very into, and we, I think we all should be, the accuracy of the Word of God, the Amen. accuracy of what is being said. If it's accurate, then it's God's, if it's God's Word, then we defend it. That's the point. Either it is or it isn't. And if, if the story is incomplete or if we if we think we have to be entertained mm -hmm. with the Bible. Now, yep. look, I know this gets touchy. I realize that, you know, and, and I know there are people out there that have all these different ideas. But I just say no matter what it is, you put the word of God in front of you and you see what it says according to what you're watching or reading or seeing otherwise to see if those other things hold water. Yeah. Now, some are not going to be as egregious as others, but uh, some are going to be absolutely out of bounds uh, when they begin to play with doctrine and the things that they, that they add to the scriptures in the process of building this historical novel idea when they start building things in there that don't match the scripture, that yep. maybe is uh, an affront to one of the characters in the Bible or against the teaching of the scripture, boy, at that point in time, I bristle. Yeah. And I, I hope we all do. You know, every one of us needs a certain amount of apologetics in our lives today. Yeah. I don't think you need to hear apologetics all the time, all the time, all the time. That's my specialties, my field. That's what I do. So I do, and I hear that, and I'm looking for those things. But every Christian needs to be able to do that, or we're going to find our ourselves wanting in a way that we don't want to be. We're going to find ourselves in trouble at some point. Yeah. And, um, you know, we want to, because of our humanity, we, we say, oh, but the Mormons are such nice people, and I have a relationship with my next-door neighbor who's a Mormon, and, and I don't want to do anything that would hurt our relationship. Listen, what you need to be thinking about your next-door neighbor is, how can I get the message of God into his life that he'll find the real Jesus as Lord and Savior so he doesn't die and go to hell? Amen. Because that is our business. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, and I know, Pablo, you're just as passionate as I am about this. That is our business as Christians, every one of us, to put the Word of God before people, to put the name of Jesus out there and who He really is, not who we've made Him out to be, yep. but who He really is. And, and then at that point, the Holy Spirit's hands are not tied. At that point, the Holy Spirit can do what He wants. And yeah, it, it's, it's confrontational sometimes. Uh, it's not always comfortable, but uh, being comfortable doesn't that shouldn't be our concern necessarily because we're concerned for the souls of men. Amen. That's the whole thing. Yeah, amen. And and that couldn't be, I mean, more solid biblical truth right there. And I've said that, I said that yesterday when I was with Pastor Tom, and I'm going to keep saying this because I believe that 2023 should be marked by us sharing Jesus relentlessly with people because times yeah. are short. I really believe that every single one of us needs to take those gifts. I'm going to say it over and over until I'm blue in the face. Take those gifts. If you buried them, get them out of the ground. Clean them up. Get out there doing the work that God's called you to do. Because today, right now is the time for us to get busy doing God's work because times are short. And we have a lot to contend with. Case in point, what we're talking about right now. Um, all the cults that we're going to be talking about. And this, I'll be honest with you guys, this whole issue of the cults is going to be ongoing. I see this going on, talking about the cults yeah. and the religions until the Lord takes us home. 
I'll be frank with you. Why is it's that? going to grow? It's not going to recede. Exactly. There's going to be more. Who knows what the, the heresy will be next week? Exactly. And yeah. look, apostasy within the church, within the evangelical church, is growing by leaps and bounds. <laughs> and, you about took my next statement yeah. right there, brother. So it's so, so important. It's imperative that we, first of all, get into the Word of God. Listen, if you're doing the one-year Bible, that's great. You're in the Word of God. I would also encourage you, aside from reading the Bible, right, you could read however many chapters. I'm, I'm not sure. I've actually never done one of those, uh, taken the Bible and done the whole year. I've done the schedule, which is fine. I've, I've read through the entire Bible on a schedule for me. Now, I'm talking personally myself, yeah. There's just something about slowing down and about really um, meditating. When I say meditate, it's the word the Bible uses, the word ruminate. And the word ruminate is to think about it, chew on it, yeah. and then bring it back up, think about it. So so when I say meditate, that's what I'm saying. It's very similar to what a cow does, right? A cow has, what, seven stomachs or six stomachs? <laughs> it chews the cud. It swallows it, it goes through one, it comes back up, it chews it up again, and what it does is it gets all of the nutrients out of what, you know, the the cud, the, the grass that it picked up. Go for it. Dr. Martin used to say, we need to get the hay down out of the loft where the cows can get at it. Amen. So Amen. I, you know, I knew exactly what he was saying there. We, instead of being... Um, Every word doesn't have to be a 50 cent word. Yeah. You know, we need to make it understandable and we need to get it into our hearts and minds, sink yeah. it into your heart. The Bible says if you hide God's word away in your heart, you're not going to be prone to sin against him. That's that is, right. of course, uh, what uh, what we're told about David. David said, I hide thy word in my heart that I wouldn't sin against thee. Well, you know, one of the things we do is that we're not, we don't have a concern for the lost around us enough. Yeah. And we've got to be concerned for them, whether they're lost in the cults or just lost down at Joe's Bar and Grill, yeah. whatever it might be, we need to be able to, to share with people in such a level that they would understand that we have a compassion for them and we have a love and a compassion that it, that is above none, that is, that is incomparable yeah. for, for the Lord God and His Son. And that's the whole key right there. Yeah, amen. Let me read something here. It's out of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. And it says, this is, the, um, this is the New King James Version. I love the New King James Version. All spirit-filled believers read the New King James Version. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. We're, we're, we're praying for you. We're, we're going to pray about that. <laughs> okay, so this is what it says. Uh, again, this is 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Listen, folks, um, the Lord is going to judge us a lot more strictly than those not that, that aren't in Christ. Now, what I mean by that is that... Um, you really need to take, we need to take a look at ourselves first. Okay. Let me, let me say this. And this is a sad fact. I've had uh, friends whose dads were pastors and ended up divorced because dad put more emphasis on the church and his ministry than on what should have been his first ministry, which was wife and then children, wife and then his kids. So God, wife, kids. That should be the the order, right? Well, if that if that hierarchy is is turned on its head and upside down, and you're putting the emphasis in the wrong place, hey, look, 
Putting emphasis in ministry is great. Eric has a ministry. I have a ministry, and there a lot of you have ministries, but our first priority, if you're married, is to your wife or your husband. Second priority, if you have kids and they're still in the house, are your children and your family. Again, so God, wife, husband, family, and then ministry or work, whatever it is down there. But unfortunately, what the, what, what the Bible is saying is that that's not the case. And even within the church, the priority, like you said, Eric, isn't what the Lord told us. And what is priority number one as believers? It is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with as many people as we possibly can. The harvest is plenty. The workers are few. And so it's important for us to know these things because if we don't share these things with other people, how that's unloving. To not share the truth with people yeah. is unloving. That is not yep. love at all. Yeah, I've said that um, uh, the most loving thing we can do with somebody who's involved in a cult is to tell them yep. the truth. Now, it depends on how you do it, True. whether it's going to mean anything yeah. or not to them. I agree. You can beat somebody silly with the Word of God. So it, it can either be used as a scalpel to cut out cancer, or it can be used as a sword to cut somebody in two. Yeah, And absolutely. you'll have to make the decision how you use the Word of God is a big deal. I mean, it's, it is a sharp and powerful two-edged sword. It goes both ways, so you better be doing surgery accurately and with compassion and love. Amen. I agree 100%. So I hope that what we did was be able to give you guys or at least lay the foundation of what this series, The Chosen, is all about and what the inherent dangers of embracing a series like this is because at the end of the day, it's very similar to music. Movies, I think a bit more because they're visual and they go in through your eyes, right? But we need to exercise caution on multiple fronts because, listen, when I was younger, I used to listen to a lot of music that was not good music, all right? And I listened to it because, man, the, the guitars, I like heavy metal, punk music, and I like the beat. I, I know you're laughing, right? Because you no, probably listen the, to no, polka. This, you listen now, to folks, polka all day. This is a, here's a newsflash for you. Go ahead. <laughs> and so, so, but what I came to realize was, and, and that's why I'm sharing this with you, is that though we may listen and hear the music, those words are actually coming in and they're taking root in your mind and then they take root in the heart. The same way with movies. And if we embrace a series that takes so much artistic license and deviates from the Word of God, well, again, Satan will use that as a means to sow seeds in your heart, sow seeds in your mind. And eventually you can draw, you can have a straight line, but if you plot even just an infinitesimal amount, you know, a hundred miles down the road, off course, you are going to be way off course. Yeah. the farther down the line you go. So again, it's really, really, really important. So I, I hope we laid the foundation. I don't know if you want to add anything else. No, that's true, though. Um, it's what we've already said, I believe, just that uh, if you allow error in your life, it'll catch up with you, and usually in a big way. Yeah. That's, the, that's the point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I just looked at my first slide of the teaching where we were going to start today, and it fits so well with what we just talked about. Yeah. 
And so uh, there's no mistake or accident going on here. This was led by God. We didn't talk about doing this. Amen. We didn't talk about having this long a conversation about this. But I think um, general apologetics, which is really what we're talking about, to test through the word of God. Now, how do you do that? There's lots of different ways. But yeah. the most important way is that you can compare what you see in the scripture with what is being presented as if it was truth to see if it is or not. Yeah. And uh, we should be doing that. See what a pastor who's worth his salt wants his congregation to have roast sermon all the time. Yeah. They would, they go back through his sermon, they check it out. They see what it says. They make sure then it gives you that peace in your heart that you can receive from that particular person. If you know what they've said in the past has been accurate and you continue to put it to the test, I could be wrong. Pablo could be wrong. Any of us could get off. So we want to make sure everything that, that is said and done is done according to what the word of God says. Amen. And that's not to be too, so narrow that you, you know, you squeak if you turn to the right or left. That's not, that's not what we're asking for. We're asking for you to take the word of God, to learn what it says, and then to apply it. So it's, it's applied apologetics is what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. You got to be able to give an account, 100%, yeah. 100% for what yep. we believe. Hey, real quick, um, I want to address, uh, not that we're taking questions right now, but we will take a handful of questions. Willis Martin said, Eric and Pablo, can you speak to the ecumenism, ecumenism by the apostate Catholic Church Dallas Jenkins, and the Chosen Embraced by the Pope. Listen, I don't want to really spend much time talking about there is a false ecumenicity that has been going on now for quite some time between the Catholic Church and the Evangelical Church. I've spoke at length uh, about that with um, Mike Gendron. We did, I think, a slew of videos uh, about that, and we do address that specifically, I think, in the... Third to last video I podcast I did with Mike Gender, and we talked specifically about the uh, ecumenicity between Catholics and Christians, evangelicals, and calling Catholics Christians and the, the inherent dangers in doing that and the implications of doing that. So I would highly recommend that you go back and uh, look for the podcast. I think it's the third to last one I did with Mike Gendron, where we specifically talk about, it's called Evangelicals and Catholics Together. I believe that's the name of the podcast, because that was a document that uh, was done up back in 1994. It was a movement called Evangelicals and Christians Together. They tried doing that. It was headed up by uh, Chuck Colson, nonetheless, mm -hmm. and supported by Bill Bright, of Campus Crusade for Christ, as surprising as that may be. And um, you uh, need... Well, there's there's something just like that with Islam, too. Yeah, there sure I mean, is. Virtually, I mean, almost the exact same title. Uh, it, it was a document that came out of Yale University called uh, uh, The Common Word, that they looked at what we had in common rather than what we had um, that we don't have in common. And for that, I just got to say, look, it's not what we have in common that is that is so important and should be capitalized on. We should look at the things we could never have in common yep. with another religion or another yeah. group. And the things we can never have in common sometimes speak so clearly to us that, that we can have no, we want to be friends. Yeah. yeah. We want to witness to them. We want to speak the word of God to them, but we, we can't join in a, in a fellowship or a bond with them or especially start calling them 
Christians or start calling them by a name that is um, that is likable, you know, it's just because we want to be kind yeah. somehow to them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So listen, uh, again, if you want to go check that out, it's fabulous. Mike Gendron, when it comes to Roman Catholicism, to me is by far the authority because he has just researched that. He knows his material when it comes to the Roman... He, he, he came out of it. Yeah, he came out of it. He was a Roman Catholic, I believe, 39 years, I want to say, or 30 or 39 years, something like that. It was Don't a long time. Me. Yeah. Long time, and um, Mike knows it. He knows it in his sleep. He sure does. Backwards. Yeah, he sure does. So I want to encourage, and if you know anybody that, uh, any family members that are Catholics, send them to go listen to those podcasts. They're fabulous. Send them to Mike's website, proclaimingthegospel.org, I believe, um, send them to the website, send them over yeah. here. That way that they could at least listen. If it gets the gears going and it gets them questioning things and it gets them to actually get into the word of God, that's huge. That is huge because what happens is again, the Holy spirit is the initiator of the work of salvation and the Holy spirit can do by far more than anything than any of us could ever do, but we get to join God in his work. So that's huge. So if you, if you get an opportunity Share it with them. You guys are all talking yeah. about pulled pork tacos. I'm hungry. <laughs> guys, serious? You're talking about food? <laughs> We're talking about stuff here, and you guys are talking about food. Man, now I'm hungry. You guys are Somebody's hilarious. Somebody's just trying to lighten the uh, the atmosphere. That's all. The barger gets so intense, you know. No, no, it's, it's this is good stuff. Now, listen. Um, we could stop, but we're at 111, um, and we can take questions here. Or if you want to share that slide, and uh, then... just that's all I want to share, and then we we'll, we will actually teach on on who Joseph Smith was, what he said, and what he did. We'll start with that the next time we get together. But I got to show this. Go one for it. Slide. Hold on. Let me let me get to your full slide. There you go. You got okay. it. Okay. You got the floor. All right. Look at this. This was the first thing we were going to share today. Foundation, authority, leadership, scripture, and eternity. How do you test what another religion or prophet brings? How do they look at? What, what's their foundation? Mm -hmm. Who is their authority? Yep. What is the leadership? And are they are they um, uh, accountable to, to someone? What do they say about the scripture? And how do they use the scripture? And where do you end up with them in eternity? That's the criteria for testing the teaching of anybody who claims to be a prophet. And I was going to go on and talk about Joseph Smith, but we could talk about a lot of other things too. Yeah. But that was the first thing. By the way, this is how this ends. This is how I finished this. We put in the little slide about Mormonism and show you the acronym. And Mormonism, it's yep. false. F-A-L-S-E. It is false. And so understand that that is the whole deal is what the Word of God says first and foremost, and then you look at these other aspects. Amen. So with that, I say we just dive into uh, questions because it looks like all y'all are hungry because you're talking about uh, <laughs> ribs and you're talking about uh, uh, tacos and I'm getting hungry too. So uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's take some questions. So folks, if you want uh, to throw in some questions, Ruthie already said, please type your entire question all in caps. Uh, that would be wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, and we'll wait here. We'll just kind of chew the fat for a bit. You know what I mean? Because uh, Eric and I could literally just sit here and talk all day long. And when I mean all day long, I mean all day long. Okay, here's a question. Uh, tsunami warning. That's a cool name. That's a cool name. Tsunami warning. We are going to have a tsunami 
uh, that's coming after the rapture. You don't want to be here, folks. Okay, tsunami. Hold on, let me mute this. Okay, there we go. Because if I don't, it goes squeak, 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 and you guys don't want to hear that. Okay, here we go. Tsunami warning question. Why do the Mormons keep genealogies? Do they use genealogies to proselytize? Uh, it's because they believe that you should go back and raise the dead, so to speak. So they're they're doing this to find out who was in there. The reason they do that 24-7 in Salt Lake City was to find out who was who lived. And they can use those names then to further their ideas about uh, about afterlife. That's yeah. what uh, that's what they're doing. And they do baptize for the dead. Let me see that's if exactly I can. That's right. Let me see if I can somehow find. I have a picture here. Well, what they Go do ahead. is they baptize by proxy. So, in other words, if I was a Mormon, no, I'm not. But if I was a Mormon. Uh, then I could, if I was working with the people in Salt Lake City, I could be baptized for my great-granduncle who yep. lived in the 1800s and never heard anything about anything. Yeah. So I, that's and that's the the way they think they're adding to eternity. Yeah, they do. Um, I had I had downloaded uh, a bunch of images here that I wanted to show everybody. I might have put this in a key. Let me see. I might have put this in a keynote presentation. If I actually did put that in a keynote presentation, and here it is, let me start that up. I want to show you guys that in the basement, in the bottom portion of the temple, the one in Utah now, Mormon temples all have this, but this is a great picture. They have the basin of where they, what they would call their baptismal font, fount, yeah. whatever. Um, yep. And uh, I want to show you guys what that looks like. Now, this again is a model. Okay, it's a scale model. Uh, a cross section of it. Let me go over there to the keynote. Let me, of course, it's not going to show because <laughs> I have to. Um, if you guys just just hang with me, okay. Here we go. Do you guys see this cross section right here? This is the baptismal fa uh, fountain that they use in in order to baptize for the dead. Interesting that you probably take this, and it has some similarities to parts of the temple. Of Solomon, Solomon's temple, the Jewish temple. But I find that really interesting. This is where they do that ceremony. And I do have a picture up above right here. You could see that there is what looks to be like what would be a sanctuary to us. That is not a sanctuary in the same terms as we would see a sanctuary. This is where they do their all of their secret rituals and they do a handshake and they teach handshakes and we're going to get into all of that stuff but i wanted to throw that in there so people could see you know somebody right now is saying gee it sounds just like freemasonry well huh. there's a lot Duh. of free yeah exactly guess uh, what <laughs> yep joseph smith was actually a freemason for a while and a, and, and there are it was until his death and so was his brother and now we find out his father was probably a uh, a 33rd degree mason as well yeah which is huge it is huge vincent Pier, uh, pearl vincent pearl i think is his name um he and i've said this before he it was he's passed away now he was a 33 degree mason and he had um two gentlemen that were kind of his not disciples but uh what were you what would you say students i guess um he was pouring into them one of them by the name of a guy you guys might have heard of him rick warren you guys might have heard of the other one by the name of uh bill hybels just not sure 
But there's something weird about all that, oh, right? You, are you talking about Norman Vincent Peale? Thank you. Norman Vincent Peale. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yes, he was. So I don't know. If you go, they, they do have a hall. The, the Freemasons have this, like what they would call the Hall of Fame. And they have pictures of people and, and their, their, uh, what degree they got up to. And Peel is in that Hall of Fame, and he's a 33-degree Mason, 100%. Um, yep. Uh, let me uh, go back to the baptism for the dead thing, just mm -hmm. so people have a little context. There you go. First um, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 29 is the reference that Mormonism uses. They believe that uh, this is incomplete, and the teachings in the Christian church have been, for time and eternity, to use a Mormon term or phrase, uh, has been incomplete. And so they now believe that they've got to complete this teaching. Well, that's not at all what the Scripture says. Yeah. The Scripture, uh, actually, Paul mocks to the Corinthians the idea of baptism for the dead. Uh, he he makes the statement that it's of little good, of little need. And so um, just look at that. You'll understand it more. 1 Corinthians 15, 29. But uh, this was something Joseph Smith believed he could take and preach because he saw that there wasn't a completion of the denouncing of it by the Apostle Paul, uh, then he makes it Mormon doctrine. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. I'm trying to find a question here. Uh, Ruthie, my lovely moderator, uh, said Leslie Dutton question. Um, I'm trying to find it, so just be patient with me. And also Roaring Lion question. Uh, give me a sec as I'm looking for your questions here. Unless you guys can just repost the question, that would help me out a lot. So I don't have to go back here um, in the feed. In the meantime, if you guys don't mind just reposting the question, I'm sorry. It's just the feed was moving. Uh, let me ask Casey Nelson, how can I tell my friends and church who are huge fans of The Chosen about its dangers? Well, I could tell you right off the bat, have them watch this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well... It, you know, I'm, I'd be sorry to say that if the church is a fan of it, then you, you've got a lack of apologetics going on in the life of people. Yeah. But the most important thing for you is what is your stand about it and what is your household going to do concerning it? And you don't have to become just anti-chosen. What you want to be is pro-Bible. Sure, absolutely. So if yeah. you if you take the scripture to any of these things that come along, because chosen is going to come and go, and other things will come and go. Yeah. But uh, God's word is going to remain the same for you. Yeah. And one thing that I have to tell you is what I'm what I'm running into a lot these days, especially within the church, is that you can put the truth right in front of them, and they'll still go, no, 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 no. I don't want to see it. No, 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 no. And people will still want to do whatever they want to do. They dig their heels well, in. That's a that's a holdover from the emergent thought. Yep. And that an emergent is really just a holdover from old fashioned liberalism. It's yeah. repackaged. So um I've had theological discussions with people who are much more greater educated than me. <laughs> yeah. And sure. <laughs> the problem is they become so educated they don't believe the word of God anymore. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, their education they're, the people educating the, the theologians have have uh, soured them on whether the Bible was reliable or not. Yeah, yep. You know, and if yeah. it's not, then we're in deep trouble. Yeah, I love what Dr. David Hawking, who I am a big fan of Dr. David Hawking, and in his series on the case for the pre-tribulational pre rapture says, and I've quoted this over and over, and I'm never going to stop. He <laughs> said, hey, listen— I have three doctorate degrees, 
And he goes on to say, I'll never forget the day I got my first doctorate degree. He said, I was, I had it in my hand. My son runs up to me. He was young, very young at the time. He says, hey, dad, what is that? And he's all, this is a doctor's degree, son. He's all, really? Can you cure people with it? He said, no, that's not that kind of doctor's degree. He's all, well, then what good is it? And you know what? He David Hawking goes on to say, I have lived to see the wisdom in that young man's words. He said, I believe you could get educated beyond your intelligence. He goes on to say, I'm not down on education, but it's really important that we don't rely on the education more than we rely on Scripture. And that's exactly what we're saying. Yeah. And that, I mean, I concur 100% with that. And I know, I know Dr. Dave, and I, I would go, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, you know, you just can't go on what somebody's degree says hanging on their wall. Yeah. You got to say, okay, what do you believe? Yeah. Because uh, you, they may have believed something different when they were handed that degree, and they may believe something different today. And if what they believe today doesn't match what the Bible says, well, then you know that's a person you don't want to receive teaching from. Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, we have a lot of bogus stuff coming out of our seminaries today. I would probably venture to say that 80% of America's seminaries are tainted and a lot of them are woke, unfortunately. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, so a lot, of it's, a lot of it claims to be evangelical too. Yeah. Be careful of that word. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So Leslie, thank you so much. Leslie Dutton, she said, do the LDS, the Mormons, come up with the uh, it says come up with the planet Kolob or come from the pan planet Kolob. So yeah, planet Kolob is is a big deal in Mormon uh, in the Mormon cult. If you want to go ahead and tell yeah. them what the planet Kolob is all about, well, Kolob was uh, the residing place of the gods at one point. Yep. And uh, Joseph Smith, of course, was big about this. There was a council of the gods, and Lucifer was was not chosen to be the savior of the world. And so he was then rejected. He was kicked out of heaven. And and uh, that makes him the spirit brother of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, our, my Jesus was not the spirit brother of Lucifer. I can tell you that much. And so uh, Jesus is the creator of all things, uh, not just one of the many gods out there. Oh, there are many false gods. Yeah. Yeah. But there's only one true righteous uh an original God. Yeah. Uh, Jesus being the creator of everything is that God. Understand that Jesus was the creator. He is God incarnate, walking in the flesh of a man here on the earth. And of course, now he sits by the right hand of the Father. That's right. That's right. Um, let me read something here. Uh, this is again from the Kingdom of the Cults. And there's a section in here which I highly recommend. If you guys are going to get this book, read it. Uh, it's the truth about the God of Mormons and sharp contracts to the revelations of Scripture are the revelations of Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, and the succeeding Mormon prophets, so that the reader will have no difficulty understanding what the true Mormon position is concerning the nature of God. The following quotations derived from popular Mormon sources will convey what the Mormons mean when they speak of God. Quote, in the beginning, the head of the gods called a council of the gods, and they came together and concocted a plan to create the world and the people in it. This was teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, page yep. 349. Uh, yep. Another one, page 345. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man. Now, now that is the capstone of Mormonism right there. Yep. That God was once as we are now and we will become as he is. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a godhood for mankind is what Mormonism promises. That's and right. And you can have your own planet 
and you can then go and uh, populate that planet. So if you happen to be one of the fortunate wives that you've had mul multiple wives here on earth, that's what Mormonism teaches yep. you should as a man. If, if you have to be that fortunate wife that gets called up to the planet where your husband is now the king of that planet, then uh, I, I said this, I think first time we got together on this, Pablo, but yeah. then you, then you have the task of being eternally pregnant. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Is what it comes down to. Yep. Yeah. That way you can populate your own planet. And then you guys yep. are all going to be deities That's and right. gods. I mean, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, but there's there's only one God. Understand, there's one God, one Savior, and of course, one Holy Spirit, and they're three in one. And people think that's too hard to follow. Then don't try to follow Mormonism because that means everybody becomes a god along the way. That's right. That's right. You're going to get a kick out of this. Marilyn Miller said, Pablo, I have to tell you that we had a young seminary student in our home many years ago, and he was Dave Hawking. To me, as a teenager, <laughs> he looked like Superman. <laughs> that is so cool because David Hawking is super tall. Really he's tall. a strapping man, and he's yeah. he's uh, older than I am, and I'm ancient, but uh, he's a strapping man, and uh, he's meant a lot to me along the way too, Pablo. Yeah, uh, he was one of the the two or three preachers that I listened to a lot when I first got saved, and I was just I was so hungry for truth. Yep, and he's got a great preaching voice and presentation. That doesn't mean anything if it was a wrong doctrine, but he has the right doctrine. Oh yeah. He he and Chuck Smith and Walter Martin, the three of them were the triune triunity yep. of ministers I listened to. Yeah. And uh of the three of them, he's the only one that I've ever been able to tell in face to face in person how much he meant to me uh earlier in my Christian life. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, David Hawking to this day, when I was a kid, and someone asked me the other day how old I was when I came to Christ. I was probably around six or seven. My parents came to Christ. My dad just like very much like yourself, he wanted to read things and he really got into David Hawking. And so for me growing up, it was David Hawking books, David Hawking, David Hawking. We would go to Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa and listen to Pastor David Hawking. Listen, Ooh, yeah. if you guys want an exercise in fingers turning the Bible, turning pages of the Bible, yeah. if any of you know and have been and sat under a teaching of Pastor David Hawking, you are, you're probably going, wait, wait up, wait up. I'm not there yet. I'm not... <laughs> And by the time you find this verse, he's three verses ahead of you. I, if there's any, if there's any man whom I appreciate his boldness in the pulpit for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, unapologetically, is Pastor David Hawking, and yeah. uh, I am I am forever grateful for the ministry that he has, because it goes on in posterity the day that he goes on to be with the Lord. Um, let me ask, uh, Beverly Young wants to know, my church family watched The Chosen, and we are all Christians. Why is this wrong? Uh, look, Beverly, uh, I, we, this is something we literally, we just covered for um, an hour. We talked about um, the inherent dangers of embracing the series of The Chosen for more reasons than one, not just the series, but the influences surrounding the series The Chosen, right? All the way from the writers... Uh, to the um, the historical uh, what what do they call those the historical um, the oh my you, land you mean the the person who is helping verify the yes, story yes yeah, yes yeah yeah yep 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 um, so what I would encourage you to do is maybe after we're done or if you have time this week is to sit down go back and watch the podcast where you could pause it 
where you could rewind yep. it, where you could take some notes. But like Eric and I always say, and I'm constantly saying this, don't take Eric's word for it. Don't take my word for it. Be a Berean and do some research on the chosen. Go read and ask right. the Lord to give you insight and wisdom as you're presented with the material. And always, always, always remember to use the Scripture when you're looking at things. You need to compare everything to the lens of Scripture. And if it doesn't yep. line up, then you should. that should be a big, big red flag. Do you, I don't know if you want to add anything else to that. Uh, no, no, I think that's well-spoken, well well-said. And um, I was going to suggest to her that she go back and hear what we said maybe 40 minutes ago or an hour ago at this point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it won't take you long. Just go back there and listen to what we had to say about this and check out why we're saying it too. Yeah. It isn't that we picked out so many facts or things that are wrong in it, but the associations are so close and uh, the promotion is way too close to the collar. I mean, these are people promoting it who probably have a, a reason to promote it, if you sure. will. More yeah. than it might be friendship, it might be financial, it might be all of that. I don't know. Yeah, listen. But, uh, just like uh, that great theologian Paul uh, or uh, Charles Barkley said, uh, <laughs> we might be wrong, but I don't think so. Exactly. You know, love listen, that. Um, just Vicky uh, asked me, aren't you really talking about the supporters and creators more than the actual content? I'm talking about both. I'm talking about both. You cannot have one without the other. The content creators are the ones that influence the content that you're going to see. Yeah. And just like I read in this article, there is something called um, artistic license. Okay, so uh, just Vicky, as you're watching these, obviously there is there is at some point when a movie is done, uh, let's say about Jesus or about those times, right? There is some movies have way too much artistic license. There's too many gaps, and they try to fill those gaps with suppositions. Well, I think this is what they meant. I think this is probably what would have happened. But what we need to be careful uh, about is when we're retelling accounts of the gospel, especially when it comes to Jesus, especially when it comes to the disciples, I'm sorry, the apostles, uh, what we know is that the writers have inserted, like I read, inserted or modified some characters, storylines, and details of the inspired original. And the changes that they did, the modifications they did, are way beyond the scope of what our of what the Bible says. Case in point is, for example, one just one of them is that they gave Matthew. Um, possib the possibility of being on the Asperger's autism spectrum. We don't know that. Listen, we don't know that. And to make and, and that's that's not a huge point, but it is just one of those things that we don't know what else might have been exactly. added to like that. Yeah. And in season three, like I said, please do your research. There is a scene, and I don't have that in front of me right now, where Jesus. Um, they believe is possibly quoting from the Book of Mormon. And that is a big, big no-no. If we were to yeah. just look at that, we should discount the entire series just based on that. And it wouldn't surprise me again, based on the quote that I read you guys, that Dallas Jenkins said that would be a problem, and here's why. Not because they're, this is talking about, are more, does, uh, do Mormons worship the same Jesus we do? And he says, not because there aren't Mormon folks who aren't Christians, and not because there aren't Mormons and evangelicals who love the same Jesus, 
but because it would be wrong of me to ever say that any one group believes any one thing altogether. What he Boy, is saying. Wow. That's such an unfortunate statement. Yeah. I've heard it twice now and both times it struck me the exact same way. Yeah. That is so unfortunate that a Christian leader would make that kind of statement. That is simply being easy on Mormonism. Yeah, That's absolutely. all that is. So based just on that, Okay, content creators, script writers, that influence, what I read you, what they believe is going to be infused into the series, whether we like it or not. And so, again, I am not telling you what to do, but I am encouraging people to do your research and to be led by the Holy Spirit as to what you should do when it comes to the chosen. In my personal opinion, I don't think it's a healthy series to watch for believers and altogether, there are other things. If you want to watch something like I showed you, go look at the Gospel of Matthew. It's the movie, the Gospel of Mark, Luke, and John, and they are word by word. It is uh, the what I would say about it. I probably don't feel as strong as you do about it. I've not done the research, and you have, but I would just say um, there are too many questions, and uh, as of right now, according to what uh, gotquestions.org says, um, they say that the creators, the directors, producers, whoever is in, involved or in charge at the at the top in the chosen, the top of the of the food chain, so to speak, they still have complete control. Yeah. Uh, if they are apologetically minded, and I don't mean they're sorry about stuff. That's not what apologetics is all about. It's why you believe what you believe and being able to then uh, enumerate what you believe. That's what apologetics is. Yeah. So you understand what the truth is. As long as they've got that in their minds and they're in control, then that's good. Yeah. But there's just too many associations going on there. And the people they've got trying to uh, uh, quell the, the fear about whether Mormon doctrine is in the chosen or not. Uh, they're not doing a very good job. They're ad actually uh, causing more questions for me than they are uh, answers. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I have a quote here that I think is great by uh, Nate Dogg. Let me read what Nate Dogg says. He said, If Dallas had come out strongly against Mormonism and its teachings, I think I would feel differently about The Chosen. But the fact that he, the creator of the show, is so warm to Mormonism is huge. Couldn't have said it better. Couldn't yeah, have said it better myself. I, that's a lot better said than the way I just tried to explain it. But I'm saying I'm saying the same thing. Yeah, exactly the same thing. And I know that uh, I know uh, Rev twenty two twenty said, "I wish you would, Pablo. I wish you would have a clip of that because it is so important." Uh, just just look it up. Uh, I found it uh, as I was doing my research too. There is an article that actually even quotes the verse that uh, Jesus is quoting in that one specific scene. So uh, again, I would encourage you guys to do that and, and look that up. Again, it is so vague, but if there's even a question, if he's, que if he's uh, quoting anything outside of Scripture itself, um, we should have nothing to do with that. We should have nothing to do with that. So yeah, um, yeah BP and yeah. E said, does anyone else notice that the road is narrowing by the day? Yes, very, very true, 100, 100%. It's you know what guys I have quoted this before I'll quote it again in Matthew chapter 7 because I think it is so crucial to what we're talking about right now and this should be something that we should always keep in the back of our minds if we go to Matthew chapter 7 this is after the beatitudes and everything okay 
Um, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking, and uh, starting in verse 13, um, he says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Verse 14, Because narrow is the gate, and what? Difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who what? Find it, who find it. So again, yes, the road is narrowing, and it's narrowing by the day. Very well put. I think that was a great observation. And so with that said, Eric, don't you think it is important now more than ever to buckle down with the truth of the Word of God? Oh, if if there was ever a time that we needed to be thinking about things with biblical eyes, with apologetic biblical eyes, there it's today. Yeah, um, I've said this before to you privately, and I think probably on on uh, our times together here. Um, a good friend of mine, Jim Spencer, who was a Temple Mormon, who became one of the, in my opinion, one of the best apologists of his day in Christianity. Because there are Mormon apologists out there too. Yeah. There are Islamic apologists. There's Democrat and Republican apologists. Yep. There are people who just defend what they're told to defend, and they they only think about how they can blow apart the arguments of others against them. Uh, I'm trying not to do that necessarily, but that is part of apologetics: is to to leave enough doubt with somebody that comes to my door and knocks on it and tells me they know what the truth is. Yeah. I want them to walk away wondering if if what they believe is the truth, if they don't believe that the Jesus, the Bible is the only savior. But um, we need apologetics. Jim Spencer once said to me, and uh, this is before he passed away. I spoke at his funeral probably eight, 10 years ago, but he said the, the amount or the level of apologetics in the church today is at a, an all time low. Yeah. Boy, he was accurate. Yeah. And I, I thought of that statement. We were actually making a uh, documentary about Mormonism, and I was helping him do the music. I actually, I played the part, the vocal part of Joseph Smith in it. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but uh, but uh, he did a terrific documentary about the history of Mormonism and asked, have they changed? Because they claim they have changed. They claim that they're Christians. You know, in Joseph Smith's day, a Mormon would never have claimed to have been a Christian. Yeah, that's right. If somebody told him that they were Christians, that Mormons are Christians, Joseph Smith would have wanted to pick a street fight with them. That's right. It's only in modern times that they decided to try to look more like us. And yep. uh, they've, they've done, they've gone out of their way. When Hinckley was the prophet, seer, and revelator of the Mormon church, he's now passed away. But when he was there, between he and Robert Millet, Millet was the head of uh, the Mormon missionary schools in, in Salt Lake City, the two of them devised this plan that they would just look more like a a, a more enlightened denomination, a Christian denomination. Yeah. But nothing has really changed. That's right. That's right. Hey, listen, folks, I found the article that I was reading from, and let me kind of frame this for you guys, and maybe this will be the nail in the coffin for you. Again, please do your own research. <laughs> Did you have to put it like that? <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said <laughs> <God>. that. <laughs> okay, hold on. Maybe I should just drink drink a little bit of water right now. <laughs> I, okay. I think we, let's go back and edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? Do you imagine if they have that where you could just edit on the fly? Oh, man. I'm telling you, listen, <laughs> I have a button here on this thing, and I, where is it? It's right here. Can you imagine if Eric and I are just talking and I just... 
Yeah, I throw those yeah. in there. Just keep on going. Yeah, well, exactly. That, that only happens on network radio when you're saying things they don't want you to say, you know. Oh, man. Okay, so listen. Uh, in the article, let me read it. Quote, nevertheless, the show has come under fire following the release of its season three trailer, wherein Jesus can be seen delivering a line that appears to be a paraphrase of a verse from the Book of Mormon. In the trailer, Jesus can be seen in a confrontation with a Jewish re religious official. Nothing wrong with that. We see that in Scripture, right? That was, uh, that was something that happened pretty often. Quote, this is what the Jewish religious official said. Quote, Jesus. Uh, well, actually, do you, do, does anybody think that uh, Sean Connery would have been a religious leader? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, if you do not renounce your words. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just, I know, I love the voice of Sean Connery. Someone said that he got his block knocked off and it broke his jaw, and that's why he talked like that. And but. you you do it very well, by the, by the way. You do it very well. And I, you could add Pierce Brosnan to that, too, yeah. I'm sure. But, well, you uh, know what? On. Actually, if I... If I really wanted to put a, what they call artistic license to it, I would have to talk at Jesus. If you do not renounce your words, we will have no choice, but but we're not going to do that. Okay, let me just read it. He says, quote, oh, Jesus. Man, we should have been done 10 minutes ago. Go ahead. <laughs> quote, Jesus, if you do not renounce your words, we will have no choice but to follow the law of Moses, the man says, implying that the Sanhedrin would pursue Jesus's execution. Jesus steps forward to the man and replies, I am the law of Moses. Whoa, red flag there. Following the release, this is the article, following the release of the trailer, the show posted a gif of the moment to Facebook captioning the post mic drop. Okay, as if this was like the ultimate thing that Jesus ever said. Let me remind you folks that as I'm, as I'm reading this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 20 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come to abolish them, but to not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. So Jesus is the fulfillment yeah. of the law. Okay? So keep that in the back of your minds as I continue reading this. However, a number of social media users were quick to point out that the line delivered by Jonathan Rumi let me just say something really quick about the guy. Jonathan Rumi came out in support. Let me show you because, again, I don't want you guys to think that I'm making this stuff up. This is the actor right here. And what he's wearing right there, very nice picture there, it is called the Rosalette. It's pictured right there on his left wrist. This is something that he is promoting. He is a big-time Catholic. And exactly what is... Yeah. What is the Rosalette? It technically is a mini version of the rosary. And you guys can do a little research, type in what it is. You're going to get videos here that are introducing the Rosalette right here. It teaches you how to pray through it and um, what, kind of, what kind of stones these are made from. And they're, they're touting that it is just beautiful jewelry and that it, it, it's something that you could carry with you. And on the go, you could pray the rosary beads. Listen... This is stuff that draws you away from what the Bible says, and this is stuff that draws you away from Christ. So it's important for us to remember these things. Let me finish this article real quick. It's nowhere in the Word of God. No, 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 no. Nowhere, nowhere at, at all. all. It's nowhere all extra-biblical. So 
Uh, again, however, a number of social media users were quick to point out that the line delivered by Jonathan Romy, who portrays Jesus in the series, sounded very similar, not to a verse from the New Testament, but to 3 Nephi chapter 15, verse 9 in the Book of Mormon. It's Nephi, but that's Nephi. okay. Nephi, okay. No, 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 that's good. Quote, this is what the verse says. Behold, I am the law and the light. Look unto me and endure to the end, and ye shall live. For unto him that endureth to the end will I give eternal life. That is the verse uh, the in, in 3 Nephi chapter 15, verse 9. Pointing out the similarity, one Twitter user said, quote, I never took a hard position against the chosen until now. It is compromised and in heresy. This isn't one of those Jesus could have said, done this type of things. This is a direct bowing to Mormon theology in which Mormons put a lot into the series, which is against biblical Christianity. Jesus fulfills the law and as God gave it, but he is not the law. He went on to say, Jesus says, beware of this. So again, Folks, it's important that—I uh, hope that that answered the question. I don't know if you have anything else to say. To no, that. but he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yep. That is what we see. Of course, he the Scripture does speak of him being other things, the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, etc. Yeah. But um, no, it, it doesn't say he was the, the law. The law, he came to save people from the law. Yep. He, he fulfilled what the law said about Messiah— but he came that they would have life and life more abundantly, Amen. and they couldn't have that as long as they tried to do it by works. That's right. So John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then what what uh, Eric just quoted is John 10, 10. Read yeah. those, memorize those verses, because it is huge. Well, um, folks, did we cover enough information or, or what? I mean, did that help out? I'd love to know what you guys think. I would really, really like to know... Um, what you guys thought about this. Uh, there's one more question here. Matthew Prutch says, why do Mormons wear special underwear? That's called their holy undergarments. We're going to get into that too, but uh, quickly, if you want to uh, answer that question. I, I, I have pictures. Yeah, no, I, you know what? Actually, now that you said that, let me go and show folks um, the photos of the holy undergarments or holy underwear. This is what they look like right there. Yeah, that's the exact picture I've got. Exactly yeah. the same one. And uh, some of them actually even have some Freemason. I have. Uh, yeah, the uh, Compass and Square is on most of them. Yep. And yep. I've got the ones, the ones that I have, I point out where it is, usually at the knee. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, I have another one. These are Masonic yep. handshakes, which yep. actually are taught also in Mormonism. So again, these are all things that we're going to be talking about, we're going to be getting into, but these are what they call the holy undergarments. Um, the endowment ceremony in Mormonism, when a person comes into the church uh, that's done in the temple, the endowment ceremony, when you look at what is said by the people who were staying there in the endowment, the ones who are being initiated, it is... I won't say it's exactly word for word, but certainly it is the, the same meaning of what goes on in the first and especially the third degree level of Freemasonry. Yeah. So the first and third degrees. Yeah. So um, there is a lot that we are going to cover. I know in the description I talked about it, but we're going to talk about a little more in depth about the planet Kolob, about becoming gods, holy undergarments baptism of the dead. I know we're going to cover Joseph Smith and possibly bring him young 
in the next uh, series, uh, the next podcast, which for everybody that's watching, that will be, uh, mark your calendars, it will be January, Thursday, January 26th, where Eric and I are going to jump back on and uh, talk about uh, Mormonism. We also, we also are going to talk about Mormon eschatology, folks, because just as we have the true biblical eschatology here in Scripture, Mormons also have their own version of Mormon of Mormon eschatology, and we're going to get into that, and it will blow your socks off. I don't yep. know if anybody wants their socks blown off, <laughs> but it will blow your socks off. So, um, yes, please, if you guys wouldn't mind uh, hitting that like button and uh, sharing this with people, subscribing, that would be wonderful. It really helps this content just get out. Uh, YouTube will take it and will post it on people's uh, feeds, which I think would be wonderful. So uh, I think this was great. Yeah, I, we had a really, really good talk. I know that we this wasn't planned like this. This is such a God thing and the way that the Holy Spirit led this conversation. I love it. I love it. And the way that the Lord just takes things and he does them his way, it is the best way. So um, just remember to uh, get into the word, test all the spirits, because remember that Satan goes around parading like an angel of light. Okay, so it's important for us to remember that. Anything else you got? Nope, that's really good stuff. Um, just want people to go to your website, go to my website, yeah, and subscribe to the uh, to the podcast, especially if you haven't already, if you're watching, but you didn't some, somehow subscribe, please do. Yeah, please do that. Listen, uh, I think this is a funny question. Uh, Ski the Hebrew. Question, Pablo, do they ever do they ever wash their holy chonies? They do, but they've got to have at least one foot in them at all times. So they shower with the with an old set on, they leave the one foot in, they come out, they towel off, they put the new one on the other foot, and then take off the old one. Ooh, that those are good Mormons because I know that you have no, I don't have pictures, by the way. No, 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 no. I was going to say you have those <laughs> that really aren't your practicing, practicing Mormons who really this oh, stuff oh, is just out the window. A lot of them just as they're norm Mormon by name only, just yeah. like a lot of people are Christian by name only. Okay. But if they want to follow to the letter of the Mormon law, that's what they do. Uh, Ski the Hebrew. Pablo, look at my question, bro. Dude, I, I'm looking at questions. Uh, just write it again if you have a question, because uh, it's hard for me to kind of scroll back up. I'm trying to, and then I look all distracted, which I kind of am sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, but if you wouldn't mind, just, uh, I thought that was it. Pablo, do they ever wash their underwear? Uh, oh, you mean like the regular ones? I don't know. I would imagine. I hope so. I don't know. Is that well, what these you... are undergarments? Yeah, these we, are we under... joke about them being underwear. I was crossing the Canadian border one time many years ago, and and I told him I'd been in Vancouver to speak, and I was driving back into the U.S., and the guy said, hey, uh, you don't have any, any secret underwear, do you? And um, no. But, you know, a lot of people <laughs> know about these things, but they don't really understand what it is. Yeah, so um, just write the question back again. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, I'm not sure what what the question is. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I've not been... Uh, anyways. Well, he, he can always write to you. Yeah, you could... I mean, again, if you want, you could write the question up here. If anybody else has uh, uh, has a question or um, let's start wrapping up. Uh, I think we need to wrap it up. We, we went a long, long time, which I think was great. This was really, really good. Yes, holy garments wash. 
Yes, they 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 do. They they have to. I would imagine they have another pair, and as they're changing these, they they slip yeah. into the new ones. They do. Yeah, they can't technically get out of these at any time ever. Yeah, so, you have to have one like they they. This is how it was explained to me by a former Mormon. I think it was Jim Spencer. Believe it was him that did that explained this, but they have one foot in and one foot out, and they dry off. Then you put the new one on the other foot, and then they're fine. Dude, I, it's, yeah. it's it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's it, man. That's a wrap. We're we're just gonna leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. If if, if we've gone to that level, I guess we got to stop. Yeah, we're we're good. So listen, folks. Um, this was a wonderful time of fellowship with the family. Again, I know this was a topic we just wanted to barely touch on, but it was the entire thing, and I think this was a godsend. This was a godsend, and yeah. it was great. All of you guys are wonderful. Your questions were great, um, and so I'm really, really grateful for the fellowship that we had. And Eric, as usual, always top-notch, and we're looking forward to the—what date did I say? The 26th? See, I have my mm -hmm. paper here. Thursday. Thursday the 26th. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right, folks. So listen, let me kind of go back and just do a little recap of our lovely housekeeping, as I always like to do. Um, share the website with as many folks as you possibly can. Again, the website is all of the all of the guests, these amazing guests that I have on. They're all here. If you go to the offhand page, you just click on that right there. It will take you to every single podcast that I've done. And uh People can watch them there, or they can go on YouTube, and then some of them are only on Rumble. There's a short portion on YouTube, and send them to Rumble. Uh, and if you enjoy the content uh, that you're seeing right here, and again, you feel like coming alongside the ministry in support, you could do that by clicking the Donate button right there. And if you do so, it will take you to the Donate page, and everything in there is pretty self-explanatory. Also... This is Eric's website. Let me go back to um, the main page uh, so I could show you guys. It's ericbarger.com, and uh, this is the main page right here. Again, Eric is redesigning the entire website, not the material. All of this amazing material will be on the new website. It's just going to get a little yeah. facelift. But if you guys want to know more and you guys want to read up on uh, different cults or apologetics or different issues that are plaguing us these days, go to the website looking for something. It's all right here. And even here, guys, look on the left right here. All of these videos and all of these amazing resources for all of you guys that want to uh, dive deep. So there's Freemasonry right there and so much more. Eric, um, I don't think I forgot any. Did I forget anything? The gospel cards. No, man. The gospel cards. Gospel cards. But gospel uh, cards. on my end, you're you're fine as far as what you did. All righty, folks. These are the gospel cards. If you guys would like to get 25, I will send them for free. I will send them on my dime because we need to get the gospel out. They are business card size. I have to tell you, I don't have them here, but a wonderful, wonderful... Let me go back over here. One of our viewers sent me... She makes these really, really cool wallets. Um, and you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show one because her ingenuity is amazing. She makes these cool wallets of all kinds of different um, patterns and materials and what she does, I think she gives them away, but she, if you open it up, she put one of the gospel cards in there. So whoever gets one of those will get the gospel too. So people's ingenuity and how they're using and sharing the gospel is, it's blowing my mind. I am constantly blown away 
at the way that you guys, your creativity is amazing. So if you want 25 of those cards, please go to the uh, Serpents and Dove site, click on the connect page right up there at the top. You could see connect. If I click on that, it will bring you to the contact us page. Just fill this out. Put your name, your email, subject line is gospel cards, and then your mailing address and uh, how many cards you want. If you want 25, I will send those out to you at no cost. If you want more and you can um, uh, leave a donation to help offset the cost, great. If you cannot and you want more, please tell me anyways. We'll still get those cards out to you because we need to get the gospel out. Yes, we do send them to Australia. Yes, we do send them to New Zealand. Yes, we do send them to Canada. Yes, we will send them to the Philippines and wherever else you guys are. Go for it. That is not cheap either, folks. And I'm just saying this for Pablo's good. Uh, it is not international postage is really expensive. It's mind blowing, to tell you truth. So it's not not cheap to do that. Uh, if you can give a gift, please do. That'd be great. So listen, um, I hope you guys were blessed, encouraged, challenged, as I always say. Get into the Word of God and let the Word of God get into you. But before we go, because we don't know who's going to be listening on the flip side, Eric, you have the floor right now, and I would love for you to share the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we have talked a bunch today, folks, about defending the truth and defending uh, what the Scripture says and being able to give a an ample defense, which is what apologetics is, the actual uh, dictionary definition for it. But uh, maybe you're not able to give a good defense because you really don't know the one that we're defending or the, the words of the one that we're defending. If you don't know him, uh, that's the most important thing by far, not just being able to prove that you're right. Uh, and that is not the object anyway. What we want to do is make sure we're right before God. Amen. And so if you don't know him as Lord and Savior, it is so simple. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to become religious. In fact, we don't want you to do that. It doesn't mean that you have to join something. It'd be good to ha have a church, especially a good Bible-believing church. But uh, if you don't know him, it's just as simple. You don't have to wait till Sunday. You can bow your head right now where you are. Um, if you happen to be listening on audio and you're somewhere in a car, you can do it there. Wherever you are, he'll meet you. Now, all you need to do is say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I recognize you as the only Savior and the only answer to my problem, my sin problem. And if you'll come into my heart and life, I give my life to you. If you do that, if you just do that, talk to him. Uh, he's in the business of listening. He's waiting for you. And so just right now, wherever you are, if you have any doubt about your relationship with him, Ask him to forgive you, cleanse you, and then move on and make sure that, of course, you you surrender to him. Amen. But if you don't know him as Lord and Savior and you know you don't know him, uh, it's as simple as just simply acknowledging that you can't do it on your own. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And it also says the wages of sin is death. But it says the gift of God is life through Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's just that simple. It uh, doesn't mean you have to begin to do spiritual jumping jacks. You don't have to go through all the hoops or anything that might re that religion might take you through. This is simply about a relationship with you and Jesus Christ. He'll do it if you'll do it. Amen. Eric, would you mind closing us in prayer? 
Oh, that's great. So, Father, thank you for the time we've had together. Ask you to bless everyone who's watching and listening worldwide. Ask you to help us to be clear and succinct in what we say and do. Help us, Lord, to uh, give the answers to people, to be ready to give every man an answer for the hope that lies within us. Help us all to do that, Father. Uh, impart to us the things we need, the tools we need to be able to share the truth in a lost and dying world. Ask you to be with us now as we do it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So folks, uh, again, that was it. That's a wrap. Don't forget to keep praying for Carly and Lauren, her daughter, and also for so many around the world. I mentioned Danelli. Uh, please keep her in your prayers and all our brothers and sisters in Sri Lanka and all around the world. Things are not getting better uh, as believers, I read an article about persecution in Bethlehem as well uh, uh, in regards to Christians. And so the church is suffering, folks. Let's remember to lift each other up in prayer. And again, please go to the Fellowship Hall offhand uh, podcast chat group. The link is in the description below. Go check it out. If you're not a part of it, I would strongly encourage you to become a part of that. And I will do a contest Next time Eric is on, I'm going to get a book. No, this is true. I'm going to get a book. It might be this one. Okay? It might be this one. Eric and I are going to put our heads together. We're going to do a contest. Not this book. I'll get a new book, but this book nonetheless, because um, some people might accuse me of turning this into some kind of, you know, I don't know giveaway show. That's not the case. The reason why I'm doing this is to get material into your hands. If I could buy every single one of you copies of all these books, I would. But hey, you know what? I may. I think this is, it lightens the, the, the load a bit in regards to what we talk about because the subject is heavy at hand. Go ahead. I, I tell you what, I will uh, just on the spur of the moment, um, I have the last printing of Jim Spencer's book, which is a terrific book. It's his life story and also lots of uh, understanding of what Mormons believe in the book. It's called Beyond Mormonism. Uh, I have the last few cases of that book. Uh, when he passed away, his widow gave those to us. Oh, wow. And so I'm, I'll add one of those as well, and we sure. can send that to somebody. Yeah, so folks, you don't want to miss January 26th. We're going to be giving away the Kingdom of the Cults, and Eric is going to add one of those books. He'll send it to me. I will put this together and mail it out to the winner. Eric and I are going to put our heads together to see how we're going to formulate this live. And uh, we're going to have one winner. Do you guys, you guys up for that? I'm sure you guys would want uh, to have that. Let me know with thumbs up if you guys would dig on that. That would be wonderful. And for those that left early, well, they don't know. So surprise, surprise. Uh, <laughs> anyways. All right, folks, may the Lord bless you. Remember to keep looking up because our redemption draws near. Eric, thank you so much once again. Love you, brother. Love everybody Amen, out there. See you, Serpents and Dust family. Asta. Bye.